What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Escalate Training Podcast. This episode is extremely exciting for me to release as it is a conversation that is super near and dear to my heart with me being able to welcome a very special guest, my girlfriend, Paulina Lopez. Pauline and I got to sit down and talk about her venture in veterinary medicine and the problem-based learning curriculum that she has grown to love. We also talk a little bit about how we have traversed long-distance relationships being two extremely busy people. This was an extremely special conversation for me as I got a little bit vulnerable about my past and what I'm trying to work on. And she also drops a ton of nuggets of wisdom both for high achieving people, as well as others that might be in long distance relationships. Before we get started though, I do wanna thank Bear Performance Nutrition for supporting myself and the podcast. While BPN is a company that not only provides third party tested supplements, they also give a mission and community with the Go One More movement. If you're looking to grab some new pre-workout or whey protein, my support link will be provided in the description. Again, thank you all for listening and I hope you enjoy. How are you, babe? I'm good, baby. Thank you for having me here today. Of course. <laughs> In your own home. And um, the cover of my PJs and a blankie. There we go. As comfortable as can be. So for people that don't know, and if you're listening to this, you probably do know a decent amount about my life. You're a friend or a colleague of mine. Today on the podcast, we have my girlfriend, Paulina Lopez, the Paulina Lopez, as a lot of people call her. Um, and I'm going to let herself give a little introduction of what you do, what what you're in school for, maybe kind of all that, where you go. All right. Yeah. Um, so I am a almost third year vet student. Um, I go to Western U and it's in California. For those who don't know, uh, veterinary school is... Four years after your undergrad, I know some people ask me like, what? And it's not a two-year program, it's a four-year program. So two years in, it's been a roller coaster of events, but I'm very grateful to be where I'm at today. Yeah, and, and her going to vet school has been something that, I mean, I know because you've told me about this, Yes. but you knew that's what you were going to do when you were like four. Six. Six. Yes. I was wrong. <laughs> Six. Six. When you were living in Mexico. I was. I um, So growing up, my grandparents had a big ranch. We had all the animals out there. And the day that I wanted to become a vet was the day that I watched a C-section, actually, on my grandpa's dog. And after the procedure... Um, the vet asked me if I wanted to keep the puppy, which was weird, but <laughs> I was fascinated by it. And I knew that one day I wanted to be that person to help bring a life, you know, back into this world where we thought that we had lost that puppy and we didn't. So did you end up keeping the puppy? We I mean, didn't survive the next few days, but I did all the nursing at home and that's it's, I think it's one of the early lessons that it taught me is that vet med is so, so many highs and so many lows in a short, quick amount of time. 
and I was grateful to be, you know, having a live puppy at that moment, but three days later, like, there was nothing that we could do, even though we tried everything, but it's just, there's a lot of beauty and a lot of everything in vet men because there's it's just a roller coaster of events every day yeah. <laughs> from what she's told me it's a very emotional <laughs> it uh, is. career field it is you guys deal with a lot yep and you have to know a lot we do um as she mentioned it's a four-year program mm -hmm. and it's pretty much just med school yeah, but, but for different species. Yeah, and she has like this joke that she always likes to tell other people. And I have to like first make sure that they're not doctors, like MDs, or in med school. Because she loves to tell that a vet that only is specializes. specializes in one species is just an MD. Which I think is funny. Which I, I could, think is hilarious. I could see why MDs might get a little mad at that one. Jordan doesn't <laughs> mind it, okay? Well, Jordan's not MD yet. She will be. She's not she MD yet. It's one of her friends. Um, okay, so you grew up in Mexico. Yes. You immigrate to the United States. Yes, at the age Dallas, of 12. the age of 12. You go through middle school. Go to college at A&M. You're, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. And then poof! You're in California, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And for people that don't know, California, and, and specifically Western University, <laughs> Pomona. has Pomona <laughs> in Pomona. Um, they have a specific like way of presenting the courses that is very... Yes. Not traditional. Not traditional to... Yes. It's almost like, like, I don't know, we've been watching Suits for like the past... What year of my life? <laughs> yeah, four months. Year it seems like because that show stresses me out. But it seems a lot like what what law school is like, where they get these cases and they have to figure it out. And maybe they do have some lectures, but you basically have no lectures. We yeah, I mean we have like supplemental lectures, but half the time they don't go with the case that we're presented with. But yeah, PBL. As, I don't know if you said the whole name no, of it, I didn't. but it's it's um, it stands for problem based learning. Um, so every week um, we have a case, whether it's you know musculoskeletal or cardiopulmonary. Like we have a specific case that week, and we meet Monday, Wednesday, Friday um, for two hours to discuss um, whatever it's given in our disclosures, whether it's Physical exam, presenting scenario, radiographic findings, like anything along the lines of that. We have it up in a board and we kind of like talk through it and see what we're thinking about the case and like what the focus of the case should be for us as students. So with that said, you're being semi a clinician and trying to figure out what your diagnosis is while also being a student and learning 12 disciplines behind that one case every single week for the first two years of your career. <laughs> sounds stressful. Just a bit. Sounds miserable. But I, I truly love it because I don't have to sit in a lecture for two hours and pretend that I'm listening so I can just go home and reread the notes. Like, that's not how that works. Um, for me, it was going to PBL, not knowing a dang thing during that disclosure and be like, okay, 
let's try to figure it out. What are we learning? Like, so would go, you know, to find my differentials and then learn about all the different things. And I was really big on anatomy and I love that. And a little spoiler alert for those that are interested, my one of my future career goals is to be a surgeon, whether it's board certified, whether it's just more experience. I think that I'm truly grateful with Western because it let me dive in as deep as I wanted to into anatomy, where in other schools, it wouldn't have been. Hi, buddy. Jake just walked in. Yeah. For those that don't know Jake, Jake is our border collie. He's my little baby. Um, but no, that's that's super interesting because it's a... It's, uh, it's like a, a, a curriculum that is yeah. not common. And it's not all. easy. And it's not easy. It's yeah, not easy. That's, that's really what I was looking for. Yeah. It is. I sat in. So I, I, I have obviously gone to visit her multiple times since she left me in Texas <laughs> Sorry, alone. Not by choice. Um, but that's another conversation. Oh, my God. <laughs> and... and I've sat there and seen her walk like a zombie back into her apartment. Oh my gosh, after that practicals. Yeah, and I've sat in on her lectures. You did. And they are terrifying. Shout out Alcaraz. Yeah, shout out Dr. Alcaraz. <laughs> oh, I got to learn about uh, brain parasites and shit. <laughs> Whatever it was, I don't remember. Um, it was a neuroblock though, so I felt pretty smart because I was able to teach her own colleagues about different things, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, because I'm obviously a huge neuro nerd. Um, but I will say I think that more universities need to start adopting I agree. this. After I agree. hearing about it from you and, and yeah. with one of the core tenets of Escalate being education and me trying to be an educator, yeah. both in my field, you know, trying to pursue academia and right. seeing if, you know, that is my end goal career path or mm -hmm. industry. Mm -hmm. If academia is my end goal career path, I guarantee you that if I end up teaching college courses, right. that I will be using PBL. a PBL curriculum. I because think it's it great. Makes, I think it makes the... It challenges you in it, every it, it single way. It makes the way. students actually... Think. Yes. <laughs> Instead of having everything given. Like, yes. I, I found it very surprising how people were so frustrated with it at first. Like how my classmates were not happy with it. Because they expected a PowerPoint and a professor to tell us what they wanted us to study. I'm like, there are so many diseases out there in this world. There's so many things that could go wrong. Nobody's going to give or have an answer for you. That's like what a doctor is. Like it's practicing medicine for a reason because there's not a right or wrong and because we keep learning as we go. And that, if it's not developed now, it won't be developed later. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I say this a lot about my PhD program, but, and, and I've heard this said um, about like pharmacology school and mm -hmm. even med school sometimes, and I'm sure you feel the same way about vet school in the case where, like, okay, for, for me, yes, I'm going to class. I'm learning about motor control. I'm learning about motor learning, mm -hmm. learning neuroanatomy and, and theory and all that kind of stuff. You're going to, you know, you're going to the lectures that are provided, supplemental lectures. Mm -hmm. You're learning about, you know, different, you know, pathology, yeah, pathologies and physiologies and, and going to the anatomy lab and studying different parts of the animals that you know what to do surgery on later mm -hmm. on the, down yeah. the line. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think 
and maybe this is a little bit different in, in, in undergrad, I think graduate school and professional schools don't, yes, they teach you the, the, the concepts and the basics and the terminology and all that. I think above that, it teaches you problem solving. Right. It legitimately is just a four or six or eight year mm -hmm. school mm -hmm. on how to look at a situation, assess the situation, right. and figure out a solution. Mm -hmm. Because you can learn all the terminology you want. Right. You can you learn all of the it. concepts. You can right. learn all of the theories. You can spit them out like some sort of genius. Right. But if you can't apply it, then there really is no... I agree. There's no purpose. I agree. And I think that's what PBL... I don't know. I've never done it, but mm. you can answer that for me. Is yeah. that what PBL is, is doing for you? Yeah. Like, I think it's... I mean, as of my first year, since I don't have, like... I haven't started rotations yet, I can't tell you of how much it's going to translate into a clinic. But I know, like, my knowledge base is very different and more diverse than what other students that are already in the fourth year like come to me and like talk about like where western puts you in how you interact with mentors how you interact with other students how you interact with like whoever you're interacting with you see it as an equal and as a colleague why because that's how my professor sees me every single day Every prof will tell you, you will be my colleague. I'm preparing you for this. I'm not giving you the answer. Go look it up. And I love that. I absolutely that's, that's love that. That's an answer that. not a lot of people like, though. I know. <laughs> and it drives you insane when you're looking for it that does. answer. It does. But, like, I was I was talking to Allie, Dr. Allie. She's a boarded surgeon, um, an equine surgeon. I was just with her. She graduated from my school in 2015-ish. Um, and I asked her a question. The first thing that she said was, I've been waiting to say this, go PBL it. And I was just, <laughs> I just smiled and I laughed and she goes, you're not mad. I was like, no, I had already written in my notes that I'm going to go look it up. But if you had, you know, a keyword for me to start looking into, like, I'll be thankful for that. And she goes, you're the first person that had said that to me. And I'm not saying I'm unique or whatever. Like, I love how this process works i truly trusted in the process of pbl and it rewired my whole like way of seeing how somebody answers you like for whatever that might be like she told me pbl like i understand that but she trusts that i can find the right answer by myself like that's how i see it when people are like why are you doing surgery solo because my doctors trusted me because they taught me like i see that as an opportunity rather than oh my gosh, the doctor is blah, 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 because she let a second year do whatever. No, she was there the entire time. If I had a question, she would answer it. And so, like, there's so many things that I took advantage of during my two years with the PBL process that I think some people didn't get that full extent, which is fine. I'd each whatever you want to do with, you know, that opportunity that is presented, but I am fascinated by that. I love it. Yeah, and... Jake keeps walking in here, and he's got a sock on. <laughs> he's got one of my socks on. Yeah, he keeps saying a little And I'm going to add this to the Instagram post. So if you want to check it out, I'll post a picture of him. But he keeps, you know, my girlfriend being a veterinarian is very cool because, you know, she's high achieving and super smart and all that. But then I also get to see her make these crazy treatments to my animals in my house. Well, where let me Jake give them been, some context. Jake has been licking at his paw, and it's giving him a raw spot. And yeah. she takes one of my socks 
one of my nice socks too. And she ties it around his leg. So he's walking around with like a sock on his entire leg. It's the funniest thing in the world. But he keeps hearing his mom's voice and walking in here. So if we keep getting interrupted, that's why. Don't blame us. Blame Jake. Blame Jake. But if you're going to blame Jake, then I'm probably going to fight you. Because uh, I love that dog. Uh, but back back on topic. Back on with, with PBL. You, you mentioned something about mentors and, yeah. and, and having good mentors. Right. Um, what do you think is, is and, and I don't really know how to, how to ask this question, but okay. with this PBL process mm -hmm. and with, you know, you going to an undergrad or through an undergrad program where you were in a normal classroom lecture right. Right. type right. of type of format, mm -hmm. do you see a difference in how Absolutely. the professors Absolutely. mentor you? Because I'm not saying that, that traditional classroom right. lectures... I'm, can't I'm have not, mentorships. I right. mean, we I'm see not it saying all the that. Time. Dr. Collins. But yeah, Dr. Collins. Right. Shout out. Shout out Dr. Collins. <laughs> Shout out Dr. Collins. Hey, if you know him, you know him. <laughs> yeah. And that he's not an easy man, but we love no, him. No, no, um, no. But yeah, I do think that there's a big difference. Um, so during so eight weeks is technically your block period. And during that time you sit in that classroom for two hours every day discussing the case, you have a faculty member with you in that classroom plus eight other of your classmates. So every eight weeks, I get a new person sitting in that chair. I've met amazing humans. They're all faculty. They're all in my school. But they see you working with others. They see you working with them. Like, they will ask you a question like, you know, blood work is this. You know, what do you think? And you're like, oh, you know, whatever is elevated. It could be this. And they're like, why? So you are backing yourself up with the little to no knowledge that you have trying to convince a clinician with a name because these people are ridiculously like, oh my lord, it's terrifying. But I'm, I'm selling my case to them at that point of why I want us to look into this specific thing. And from that, like, you get... I guess, like, for me, my biggest thing is, like, I wasn't afraid of going up to them, whether, like, I had one of my facilitators was my dean, like, the dean of my school. You know how terrifying it is to be sitting in there and having you promote surgery on for whatever one of the cases, and everyone, everybody in my group was saying no, and he goes, why do you want to have surgery on this dog? And I'm like, <laughs> like, it's terrifying. I know it is a hypothetical case, but, like, if I were a surgeon tomorrow and I would have made that shot, it was the right call to make at that point. And I was proud. He was proud because everybody else was saying, we don't want surgery. It's a puppy. And it is this. And, like, there's so many things, but you have to back yourself up. And I think the PBL is, like, it taught me how to see them as colleagues, one, because they say that every single day. Because they say, I am teaching the new generation. You guys are going to be here with me. So if I don't think that you guys are deserving of this, then what are we doing? And then they're so, like, all of them, they're like, here's my number. Let's do something. Or, like, Kachani invited us yeah. to her house. Yeah, shout out Dr. Kachani. Yeah, that woman worked for the CDE, CDC, for WHO, for ambassadors all over the world. Like, she's insane. And she's a veterinary parasitologist. Dr. Texas, he's a um, veterinary toxicologist. He's worked in Brazil. He's worked with 
rat he essentially helped create that rattlesnake vaccine and the anti-venom. Like that's the people that I'm in the same room every single day. Dr. McNamara. What's yeah. now virus? Yeah, one of her one of her <laughs> faculty members uh, discovered, discovered West Nile. Nile. Yeah, just like nuts. Casual. She learned. She Literally told me, casual. She told me that, and I was like, "Excuse me." Yeah. Like, if you guys have insane. the time, look up the TED Talk for McNamara. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, okay, I have a question here. Yes. And I and I've been meaning to to ask it. Mm -hmm. You know, dealing with mentors and everything. Yeah. Um. Do you think it's it's valuable, it, or or maybe you can kind of talk a little bit about how valuable you think it is mm -hmm. for somebody of any profession to find somebody yeah. and and reach out to them for mentorship? Right. I think it is extremely valuable. I know you and I have talked about mentorship for a long time. We both have had mentors for a long time. Yes. Um, and one thing that I think I value the most is the extent of what people are willing to share with you so you can learn from what they did and that it worked or from their past mistakes so you don't do that. Um, I know this summer, right before I came here, I told you, I was like, hey, I want to do this externship at this place because I want this guy to be my mentor. Yes, as a vet, but also as a business person because I want to own my practice but I wanted to see how he did it and I actually reached out through him like to him through Instagram two years ago before I even got into school I knew that I wanted to connect with this person and I made it happen and he was kind enough to be open to that because that's the other thing like a mentee wants to be mentored but not every mentor wants to mentor at mentee you know like it has yeah, to be of, i mean it comes down for a lot of these professionals that they don't have the time and i understand like, that like and veterinary, I, especially in veterinary medicine i mean you guys are but when people make the time like you are i don't know you're opening that door for future generation like my biggest thing is people were inexperienced at one point until somebody gave them a break and gave them more experience. Everybody started as not being able to do anything by ourselves until somebody took the chance on teaching you, on walking you through things, on doing all of that. Like that, that's what a mentor is. And every time I go to a place and I find somebody that will, you know, hold your hand for a little bit and like teach you the ways, like I am so grateful because it takes two to want that. Because for me, it's like, yes, learning everything I can from that person, but it's them being open and willing to take the time because absolutely it takes time. But I, I don't know. For me, I've always been very much open, and I want that to be a part of my practice where I try to do my best for whatever student is coming in. Yeah, because you started out with not the greatest mentorship in the world <laughs> yeah no she's having staplers thrown in her head i was so she's seen all aspects i've been a little bit more lucky i've had mentors through powerlifting, and yeah. i've had i mean my obviously coaches. i i have to have mentors in yeah. grad school yeah. um my committee members and you know my actual mentor my pi dr lay um but i mean i agree i think it's i think a lot of people might be a little bit scared to reach yeah, out right. because like you said, mm -hmm. the mentor has to be willing to do it right. 
And when you see them, whether it's on Instagram or you see them because they're somebody that you work with, mm -hmm. you see them doing all these things. They're extremely busy. Right. But, I mean, I hate to say it in this way, the worst thing that I can say is, is no. no. And that's something my grandpa actually taught me since I was very little. He's like, what's the, what's the worst thing that they can say? I'm like, no. And what's the answer you already have for right now if you don't do anything about it? No. Yeah. And it's I'm powerful. Like, yeah, I mean, it is. Like, in a sense, like, every time I'm like, you can't do that. Or they're going to say no. I'm like, well, and if they do what? Like, I'm sitting in the same position right now, but at least I gave it a shot. Like, yeah. Yeah. Are there any... Um like lessons, whether it's through the PBL process, whether it's through mentors, whether it's through your your internships or externships, or just vet school in general that you would like to share? Um, let's see. I would say my, my little takeaways is to never shy away from an opportunity, whether it's the dumbest tiny little thing to where, hey, do you want to scrub into surgery? Yes. Do you know what you're doing? No. Be honest. But say, I'm here to learn, and if you walk me through it, I will do it to the best of my ability. Because that has opened doors for me. More than anything could have ever... Oh my gosh, the amount of things I did this summer. Do you have like, an example from that um, that you'd like to share? I did a liver biopsy on the doctor's dog the second week I was here on Dixie. Holy shit. Because my hands were small enough. And he's yeah. like, have you ever done a, a biopsy? I'm like, nope. And he goes, okay, well, you need whatever liver lobe. And I was like, okay, I see it. And he goes, can you get a punch biopsy? I said, no. And he goes, what do you want to do? And I made the call on how we were going to get that sample. And it worked. <laughs> but it was freaking ridiculous. He goes, do you know what you're doing? I'm like, nope. And he's like, not many have done what you did today. And I was like, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate Why'd you. Why'd you make me do it, though? <laughs> I diagnosed my first, my first mast cell tumor because I wanted to do an FNA on that. And because You're going to have to explain all of this because oh, I have no okay. idea. That's okay. So a mast cell tumor, a tumor is a mesenchymal cell line tumor. It's uh, one of the most common skin cancers in dogs, um, but it can be very aggressive and it can metastasize. Um, hi, Jakey. And um, so this dog came in. He was a three-year-old intact um, lab retriever. He was very cute. His name was Dallas. And he came in for this, like, lump on his private parts. <laughs> I could get termical if you want me to. You got a lump on his balls. Uh, no, his prepuce, actually. Oh. Yeah. Pee -pee. Yeah, and so I decided to do an FNA, which stands for a fine needle aspirate. So you get a tiny little needle, and then you have your little mass, and then you kind of nicely stab the mass a couple times to get it. <laughs> it sounds awful, but um, what you're, the goal of that is to get some cells within that mass. So you can put them on a microscope slide and you can look at it and stain it and whatever. Um, so I got a nice decent sample, went under, you know, stained it and then looked at it in the microscope. And we have this um, cells that are part of our normal immune system, but when they're more than normal, then it's a problem. 
And so they're red granuly thingies and they're called mast cells. And so that was what I saw in the slides. And I said, I don't know what I'm looking at, but it looks mast cell-y to me. He looks in the microscope and he goes, congrats, you just diagnosed your first mast cell tumor. And I was like, oh, he's like, it's okay. We're scheduling surgery tomorrow. We're gonna get good margins. And the dog did great. And there was no evidence of metastasis yet. Um, and that, like, I'm glad we caught it when we did, because it was pretty small. And the dog was only three, so. Oh, you're saving lives. Saving lives every day of my life. Saving dogs' lives. <laughs> if you need your dog life saved. Hit me up. Hit her up. <laughs> I can also put socks on their legs. Yeah, we can also put socks on their legs as Jake looks at us like a little sad man. He looks so terrible. It looks awful. Uh, but no, that's awesome. And I, and I really like the the whole notion of what your grandfather told you. Yeah. And what this kind of, what this, what your first answer to this was. Mm -hmm. Was the worst thing they can say is no. And where is that going to land you? It's mm -hmm. not going to land you worse than what you are right now. Right. It's going to land you right back where you were. Yep. And so why not just ask? Mm -hmm. And that's something that I need to understand as well. I go through, I go through this, uh, you know, uh, a decent amount too. Being a PhD student, I think other PhD students or other people that may have superiors or a group of superiors that they need to ask questions to or mm -hmm. get information from um, or, or get mentorship from, there's a little bit of like, uh, uh, like you're a little scared. Yeah. You're like, oh. uh, you're it like, is terrifying. What if what if I ask this and you're like, why don't you already know? Right. But it's like you, you don't know. You don't. So why not just let them know that right. you don't know? Right. right. Because if they are a good mentor and they are a good superior, they'll understand where you're coming from. They'll just Abs give you the answer. After Absolutely. Time. Or they'll look at you and say, "PBL." Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I'm to I'm totally okay with that answer too. Yeah. Um, but it's funny that you say like, um, to. On a, like to be honest and vulnerable like even if you think that you should know you shouldn't know why because we all start somewhere where we didn't know and yeah it goes you, back to what you're saying yeah it did but it's before. one of those things like with a mentor you can absolutely say i don't know if you're open to this or i don't know if well you know like be honest with them because they are busy and they're rather you know cut to yeah. the chase but yeah. if they know where you stand like, with my equine stuff, I was like, I have zero experience with horses. Zero. But I'm here to learn. Yeah. I had that whole situation go on when I was applying for my, uh, my fellow, the first fellowship I applied for. Yeah. And didn't get it. Yeah. Um, I did, I crashed and burned on so many presentations in the past year um, where I put something together and I don't, or I forget how to form words when I'm Words in front of hard. people, yeah. um, which is hilarious because if anybody actually knows me, they know that I love the sound of my own voice. You do. And so half the time I can't shut up. But when it comes down to like presenting in front of my committee yeah. and my lab mates, like I, brain's gone. Oh, no. It's like I threw it out of the third story of Gilchrist where my office is. Um, but there's also been many times where that happens. I go to my committee members because I'm embarrassed. And I say, hey, I'm sorry. Like, that was not a what good representation of how you've taught me. Or not a good representation of what this, what this program is. 
and every single time, totally, and, uh, and and I'll I'll even mention the the person's name, Doctor Buchanan, one of the, I don't want to say more feared, but but he's <laughs> one of the harder people on students, uh, in our program in the entire school of kinesiology or not school of kinesiology but department of kinesiology. Um, every single time he's looked at me and he goes, you're not supposed to know. You're a student. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. And with the fellowship thing, it was, I, I walked in and I had just submitted and I would go, hey, I'm sorry that you had to read all that bad writing over the past, like, three months because he's been sending me revisions mm -hmm. on revisions on revisions of my, of my application. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you're not supposed to, if you think you're supposed to be a good writer right now, you shouldn't even be in school. Because you would be in my position. Right. So, like, right. don't apologize. And I think there's value in you bringing that up because people, I mean, he is him and he's going to be tough on whoever he wants to be tough. It's but important to. It's important to have people in your life that are tough on you. Absolutely. I want to I wanna get that point across. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. I don't want everybody to tell me, oh, my gosh, you're doing such a good job. No, tell me I suck yeah. so I can do something about <laughs> it. Like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> But that's just us, babe. We're wired a <laughs> yeah. little bit differently. Mm -hmm. But I think there is value in even, like, giving yourself grace and giving thank you because these people don't get that many thank yous in their lives. Why? Because they're so hard on people that people don't take the time to appreciate what they, you know, did for that student for whatever because they were so hard on them that that thanks probably never happened, you know? So... I'm big. I'm big on saying thank you to people. Yeah, I think I think gratitude goes a long way, the especially. Techs. Oh my gosh, my heart! All the technicians that I worked with, I would say thank you for everything they did. Gracie cried on my last day because she goes, "You're the first student that has ever made us feel acknowledged." Us. Yeah, I was like, "That sucks," because you guys do so much, so much. Yeah. Okay, so all you PhD students that are listening to this. Be nice Say to people. thanks to your undergrad, you know, helpers. Yeah, please. whoever, whoever helped you. I know you. they screw up a lot. <laughs> Tell them thank you. Um, or no, at least fake it. Just yeah, at least fake you. it. No, don't do that. <laughs> and 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 academia is a little bit less. I feel like that. I don't know. There are a lot of egos, but I feel I've seen a lot of gratitude in my program. Luckily, in your program. And so yeah, hopefully I can think in my mind that that's everywhere but i know it's not so mm. show gratitude <laughs> where it needs to be it, it'll it'll really it'll make people it'll days. make people's days and it will take you a very long way because mm -hmm. they will remember it mm -hmm. um i think that's a i think that's a perfect place to switch topics a little bit okay because we did get some instagram questions ah all yeah. the instagram oh the instagram oh the instagram um, I put out a little story about, uh, anybody that wants to ask questions to us and a lot of them had to deal with how we live our day-to-day -day life because for people that don't know, Paulina and I have really never been in the same place, whether it be in Texas or now that she's in California for more than three months. Yeah. When we started dating, she immediately moved to Dallas. She left me. Well, I graduated. Yeah, she and graduated. it took too long to ask me out. So whose fault yeah. is that? Okay. Well, <laughs> we don't have to go through all the specifics. But um, 
She left me oh because she's goodness. smart and she graduated three and a half and I graduated in five. Uh, so take that as you will. Maybe I was a little bit dumb for not, not asking her out a little bit beforehand. But um, she moved to Dallas and then, you know, we'd see each other on the weekends and all that kind of stuff. And that was nice. And then she moved to California. So she really left me. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> also but, not by choice. Yeah, not by choice. She needed to go chase her dream. Um, but I, I, I did get a lot of questions on how we kind of, and, and one of them in specific is how we do handle that day-to-day communication with us both being in, you know, graduate professional schools and, and kind of wanting to be high achievers in our field. Mm-hmm. And maybe all take the first bit of this because... As much as, you know, we can make it seem like it's all rainbows and butterflies on, us, on on social media. It sucks. Our communication is not good. No. Like, it needs work. It does. It and we've talked about it work. multiple times. We have. And we've found plans and, and it's worked in short terms and long terms too. Yeah. But. But we keep adjusting it as we yeah. go because it's not it's, perfect. Yeah, it's never going to be perfect. No. But I think the if, if anybody's listening that's in a long-distance relationship, because I know that there's people that are, mm-hmm. um, and especially with, with, a, with a partner that is going into a high-achieving field like mm-hmm. veterinary medicine or me going into academia and trying to get my PhD, um, you have to just make time. Absolutely. Like, you legitimately just have to yep. look at your schedule. Yep. And, and make time. And you have to make time without consequence. Like, yeah. this is the time, no matter what, I don't care if my PI tells me to stay late. I don't care if I really need to be studying. Like, no, yeah. your partner deserves your attention. I agree. And I haven't been the best at that. I mean, you can say your, your part, but that is my biggest piece of advice. Is I agree. Take a look at your calendar and figure out where the time can be mm-hmm. because your partner will, will understand that you have shit going on. And if they don't, then I don't know, maybe they're not the best partner. Um, <laughs> no offense, but if they don't understand okay. that you got shit going on, like, yeah. come on now. Um, and, and they'll work with you, oh, yeah. but you have to show the effort. Right. And I think going off of that, like, Making time, absolutely, but communicating about when you're going to have the time, that's another. Because that's something that we discussed right before coming back um, about, I know you have all the things to get done, I just don't know when, and try you fitting me into a time slot that I have no idea where that is. I'm going to bed if I'm going to bed because you haven't called me. You know, and like, that's just my side of things. I'm like, I've been waiting since 6 p.m. that I'm done studying, waiting for a call and it hasn't happened. Well, why am I still up? I can go to bed right now. And so I think that's the other side that we've started to work on is like, what does your day look like tomorrow? When are you going to have time tomorrow? When would you like me to call you tomorrow? Because my day... In California, it's very different from your day in Texas. And things kind of happen, whether it's I had to stay late, whether you had to stay late, whether you had a call with a client, whether I wanted to watch Netflix and not do shit for, you know, whatever. Like, we might have a little bit of more changes within our days that 
I think if we're if you're if we're trying to set an expectation for both to meet, you know, in the middle, we need to agree on what that looks like for the both of us. But I, I agree and I understand and I fully support the idea of making time for each other. When it doesn't matter, that's something y'all can talk about. It for us, it's usually at night. <laughs> Yeah. Or sometimes we studied. We studied in the mornings. For yeah. A while. So for people that don't know, and for people that think that I am We're crazy cra- yeah. for waking up at four thirty or five in the morning, um, she's talking to the queen of crazy. She's the queen of crazy. Because <laughs> when do you wake up to study? Three thirty. Three thirty. Every morning. Every morning. She's been waking up at three thirty sometimes while she's here, and she doesn't yeah. have work. I know, I don't have anything going on. Because she's like, I need to do something. read something. I'm like, go to bed. <laughs> Not possible. But, yeah, we, we used to do the, the, the study time in the morning mm-hmm. a little bit. I started sleeping in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Didn't really work out. That's okay. Um, but, yeah, normally our time is, is at night. Mm-hmm. And our, our, our preferred form of communication, of course, is FaceTime. FaceTime. But I think I found a new one. Mm. With Snapchat. Oh yeah. I hate Snapchat. I, I think it's do. it's it's a trash app. I think it's awful, and I think it's only. But you get to see olds. my face. Exactly. No, seriously, <laughs> that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Because, you know, it 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 makes it seems so like the communication seems so much more real. Mm-hmm. And so I would say FaceTime number one. Probably phone call number two, Snapchat, then text message. Mm-hmm. Because texts can get lost. Yeah. You can forget to respond to them. You can read it and go, okay, okay, I'm going to respond to that. And then, yeah. and then not. And then not um, which we've both done. Mm-hmm. It just happens because mm-hmm. we have busy lives. Mm-hmm. But Snapchat, it's so, much, it's so easy just to like tap, tap, take a picture of yourself, mm-hmm. send it back. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't even say anything. Right. It's just like comforting. I agree. I'd rather I'd rather your see your face That's what I'm saying. than a text message saying hi. Like Yeah. I mean I'd like to see both, but <laughs> Yeah. Um Oh, I, I was gonna say something. Oh, for those that asked about how we do it and if you guys are are in a long distance relationship, there's no perfect recipe is what works for you guys. And if it's not working, that's something you guys have to sit and talk because that's something that we've done. Be like, hey, I need more or I need less or I need something different. We adapt and adjust and I think that's what keeps that relationship growing. It's the fact that we can communicate about those things and make adjustments on either side about all of that. No, I I absolutely agree. And... I think my biggest thing that I've learned is is exactly what you've said is okay, I can slot out all this time. I can put it in my Google calendar. Right. And all that kind of stuff. But if I don't if I don't tell you, then it's like then what's I the, have what's right. the point? Or I might not be in the right space. You might not to... even be available. Or awake. <laughs> uh, or awake. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, what's the point? <laughs> what is the and point? So before you even try and communicate, right. you have to communicate. Absolutely. And that's just what makes it even more paramount mm-hmm. to just be like, I don't know, just be in constant con- like conversation almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, tell them like, hey, I can't respond for the next couple hours. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah. set a time right. and be like, I'll call you 
at Whatever. this time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you can't make that time, send them a text. Right, and like, or babe, call I'm running them late. Real quick, mm-hmm. five seconds mm-hmm. is more than enough for them to hear your voice or see them, see you on a FaceTime call, and be like, "Hey, this is all the time that I have right now." But well, I love you. I'm thinking about you. I love you. you thinking and, of you. Right. All that kind of stuff. Right. And that is extremely, extremely important. Mm-hmm. The so, other, the other one that I really liked was our weekly like dates. Yes, yes. So we used to do these little like uh, weekly dates where we press play on Netflix at the same time, mm-hmm. and we'd watch Netflix. And I literally we wouldn't even talk; we would just watch a show. Yeah. But we would watch it together in mm-hmm. proxy through, mm-hmm. you know, an iPhone essentially yeah. or Zoom. Or I think Zoom is yeah. awesome. The the movie nights were good. I'm talking about like our dinners, like oh, where yeah. there was no phones, no computers, no nothing, just us having a meal together, our face. Yeah, that was also really nice. Yeah. Because it made it feel normal again. Yeah. Right. I'm like, mm, I'm staring at you while I'm eating. This is great. <laughs> just like she would be if I was across the table. Right. And so I guess I guess how we handle our day to day communication may not be the best. But we're working on it. But we're working on it, and the biggest piece of advice that I can I can give is let them know you're present. Mm. And if you're not, then let them know you're not, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure that you are not only just communicating with them and, t- and you know, saying what's up and responding and all that, but actively Be letting engaged. them know that you're making time. Right. You're saying, I am blocking off. Mm-hmm. this amount of time for my day for you, does that work? Mm-hmm. I mean, you almost have to treat it like you're setting a fucking meeting. No, I mean, you sucks, are, yeah. But it's the truth. But, I mean, when it when it comes to, you know, the careers and the fields that we both chose, like, you kind of have to. Otherwise, like, things don't happen, like, when they're supposed to happen. No, and they probably never will either. No, but you can try to. <laughs> yeah, and if you if you have a plan A, then at least one of you is thinking of a plan B. Right. So. Right. Somebody will think of something. Right. But I think this question ties perfectly mm-hmm. into the next question, where we kind of talked about how we communicate, but we never talked about how we balance. How we mm. balance having a long distance relationship. How we balance time even when we're together in the same state. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we balance uh, that with school. I mean, with me, with work, with you over the, the, the last summer with work. Mm-hmm. Uh, while she has only been working, she hasn't just been working. She take much like a lot of interns at, you know, positions, whether it's investment banking or uh, like uh, somebody that's uh, getting their, their realtor's license or anything like that, any kind of internship. You're taking notes, and if you're a good intern, you'll be looking over those notes and trying to understand them and and asking questions or formulating questions to ask to the mentors, which is what we hit on earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you are balancing that alongside, you know, trying to figure out how you're going to open your practice Mm -hmm. at any point Mm -hmm. (laughs) after you you graduate. Yep, that was scary. Um, And me with with coaching and training and all that. Yeah. uh, It's how we balance all of that and still try to manage to have time. What do you think I wake up at 3.30 Yeah, why morning? do you think we wake up so early? No, that is a... That's a ugh, difficult question to answer because there are weeks that I balance better than other weeks. I'll mm-hmm. be flat out honest. There's some weeks that I'm like, hmm, haven't made an actual meal in four days. 
what am I doing with my life? Or Jake has gone out to pee once today and it's 8 p.m. What have I been doing with my life? Like, I'll be honest, like being a student is <laughs> no joke. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like it is hard because you are pushing. Nobody's telling you to do anything, first of all. You're paying an institution to, in my case, not be taught. <laughs> but my I, girlfriend is in so much <laughs> debt to not get taught. Yeah, which I love it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it is, I think, the way at least I balance it is I write everything down. I'm a big planner. I love organizing things. I love knowing where I'll be doing things. You have already seen my entire third year in a spreadsheet essentially yeah. you have and you've seen my crazy google calendar yeah so i think like that's, so is everybody else because it's on my instagram oh, that's so funny <laughs> but i think like that's the way i at least strive to keep myself sane and organized but there's some weeks that aren't balanced and they're like for instance the summer like we were together we were making time to be together but at the same time we're both so invested in what we're doing like I was at work all day. I would come home. You would be already cooking dinner for me. We would eat and we would go to bed like, and repeat the next day. Saturday and Sunday, we did a little bit, you know, more chill thing. But, like, I don't think there's yeah. ever... Weekdays were a little bit of autopilot. Right, right. It sucked looking back on it. Yeah, but, but it's, what, it had it's to what we had to do. Exactly. It's what we had to do. Mm -hmm. And, like, about balance, I we've talked about this, like... It's not a 50-50 relationship. If I'm no. giving 30, you're giving 70. Why? Because we we complete each no. other. And that goes into timing of things as well. Like, I was gone for four weeks. I'm here <laughs> two weeks to be attached at your hip. And, like, that's that's how we balance it. And, like, it sucks for right now. But we got to kind of work with what we got. And right now, that's what we got. Yeah. To to hit on the uh, the the... Wanting to be a hundred percent, wanting to like you always hear, relationship is fifty fifty. No. Somebody's giving fifty percent, the other person's giving fifty percent. But we actually saw this through a, a an Instagram reel, mm -hmm. and I thought it was amazing. And the fact that I'm not always at fifty percent, are no. you always at fifty percent? Heck no, no, no way. I know that. I saw it again. Like I said, I saw her walking. <laughs> After her anatomy practice, did she looked like she hadn't eaten in seven days, and I believe it. <laughs> Probably didn't. <laughs> um, but some days I'm at twenty five, mm -hmm. and that means that Paulina has to make up that other seventy five percent. And sometimes that doesn't happen, and those are bad days. Right. But when you have a partner that you care about, you have a partner that you love, you kind of just end up making it happen. Right. Right? Right. Um, and if and if it doesn't and you do have that bad day, then I like to look at that as a learning, you know, uh, a possibility to learn from it and, and be like, okay, what did we do wrong? What could I have done earlier that mitigated this? Um, and, and perfectly alongside that, I guess from my perspective, you know, of course, it's not always 50-50 because, and we've used this term a lot in the past two years since or year and a half since you've been gone almost two years since you've been gone uh sacrifice yes uh we are we are big proponents of understanding mm -hmm. that if you really care about the other person and 
especially in a long distance relationship because you're having to travel to the other person. It's not just, oh, who's doing the dishes? Who's cooking? No, who's going to clean the bathroom? Who's dropping it's, everything to yeah, come see you? Yeah, who's dropping everything to spend $300 on a plane ticket <laughs> and fly across the world? Which is uh, usually him, and we appreciate or, him. Yeah, well, <laughs> sometimes it's her, too, and sometimes it's on weeks that she has a test, and sometimes the That's plane true. ticket's not 300 it's 900 900 um, Actually, it was 1200 It was, yeah, it was 1200 that you went. <laughs> To come watch cars go around a circle with me. Yep. It was fun. It was great. It was worth it. I had I showed up to my exam three minutes late and I was shitting my pants. Yeah. But you also got like a B plus. Yeah, I actually yeah. yeah I didn't fail. Well. I didn't fail. That's you all that matters. So, yeah, that's all that matters. Um, but back to my point, like it it is so incredibly important to understand that you have to make sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to do that, then, dude, you're in for a long haul of, like, fights. Because I had to learn it. I had to learn it quick that I had to make sacrifice. You had to learn it pretty quick, too. Where it's like, yeah, especially for, for our lives where we have so much going on. Mm-hmm. Plus you know, the two-hour difference. That's a big one, Plus the two-hour difference. It's like, okay, would I love to be able to get all of my work done tonight so I could get, you know, a, a couple more hours or or an extra 30 minutes of sleep in the morning Mm -hmm. yeah but in reality that's not going to happen because what that would mean is i don't talk to my girlfriend and would that make her happy absolutely not or oh man i would love to just stay home this weekend and not travel that's not going to happen because guess what i haven't seen her in a month and a half Mm -hmm. and like if that continues Good luck, buddy. Yep. You probably won't have a girlfriend after a while. Yep. <laughs> um, and so understanding that that you have to make sacrifice mm-hmm. to to fully be invested in the relationship, mm-hmm. and not everything is going to be right. perfect, right. and everything is not always going to go to the Google Calendar that right. we all love to to formulate right. with all those pretty colors right. and everything mm-hmm. um, is extremely important. Mm-hmm. It's extremely extremely important. And I think that's the the biggest piece of advice from yeah. my end. And I think going off of that, like what you said, like it reminded me of um, like sacrifice. Yes, in like what you're doing and like for who you are with, but also like understanding like if you don't make those sacrifices now and you don't invest that time now. But you keep making all these plans for the future when you guys are together. And when you guys, you know, there won't be a future to get back to if you are neglecting that part of your relationship now. That's the other thing that we've talked about. And, like, we are fully conscious of it. Like, when it gets to those points where we are feeling like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to do this. Or, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. Like, I want to talk to him, but I'm also exhausted. No. You answer the phone. You talk to people. You know, like, you make that call because if you don't, do that now there won't be uh whenever we were you know like yeah yeah it's like yeah. you're and making stuff in your brain of a perfect little future but if you're not cultivating that relationship now there's not going to be a perfect little future and to and to tie back the communication aspect mm-hmm. of things mm-hmm. if you're feeling like you're at 25 percent tell them and you're like <laughs> i i can't right but i'm gonna try and make this call right I pray to God that one of the first things coming out of your mouth is, hey, I am drained right right now, but 
I want to just talk to you for yep. a little bit. Yep. Can, like, I'm sorry if I'm, like, spaced. Yep. Or, like, dude, I have so much on my plate. Mm -hmm. And I have, like, nine things. Like, for me, this weekend has been, like, a blur. Because I've had a paper due. I've had uh, an IRB, which means that, like, I have to present to a board or present a, a, an application to a board at A&M that tells me whether or not I can do the experiment that I've been trying to do mm -hmm. in formulating mm -hmm. to get a grant for like the past three months reading stuff for, mm -hmm. which is terrifying. Because uh, if they say no, then I'm screwed. Um, I believe in you. No, it's, a, it's just revisions and stuff that you have to do. Um, but it's, it's, it's incredibly time consuming. I have that that I have to get finished by Monday, which is like something I put on myself, but that's, you know, another, another discussion for another time. <laughs> I've got home, a quiz that was due today. I've got the paper that's due tomorrow. I've got the IRB stuff that's, that I said that I would do tomorrow. I've got homework that's due on Tuesday and I didn't communicate any of that to her. No. And this is a real life example of why this is important because this coming week is the last week that I, that she's here in Texas. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I was like, hey, I can take a day off. I'm going to go in on Saturday and, you know, do a couple hours and I'll stay late one day so I can take a day off. And then I didn't because I had all this stuff. And also because we realized that she had one more week. Yeah. But I didn't communicate why I didn't <laughs> do that still. And my brain, he just never came home. <laughs> That's what, and, and, and that sucked to feel it did for you it did but from my perspective i was like oh i have a whole nother week with her i'll just do it next week right but i never gave you right. that courtesy of like hey this is why mm -hmm. and if i did i guarantee you'd look at me and go that's fine it's fine it's fine like after we I talked about it it was fine 25 percent mm -hmm. or at 20 percent or at five percent mm -hmm. but like just tell me that you are right so that then when they get on that FaceTime call with you or or they sit down at dinner with you and you're not talking, they know why. Because mm -hmm. if they don't, they're going to think something's wrong or they'll get a little irritated. Mm -hmm. And then it's just mm -hmm. like, uh, uh they don't want to talk uh, to me. Yeah. Nobody wants to feel that way. Nope. Nobody at all. No, no. Um, there's a couple more questions. Okay. We'll, we'll wrap this up soon because we also both want to go to bed. Uh, um, facts, and facts. And it's a little bit late for us. Uh, there is one question that I really, really want your opinion on. Okay. Because I don't think it's one that we've really talked about before. Okay. And it's the potential benefits what? of a long-distance relationship Ooh. for people... I like this. ...in, again, these, like, high-achieving fields, me in like grad it. school, you in, mm -hmm. in veterinary school, or, or people that have... That are high achievers that have right. high achieving goals. They don't have to be in school mm -hmm. or, or professional. People that own a business mm -hmm. that they're trying to get up off the floor. Or people that took on a bunch of responsibilities at work that's going to push them towards the next, you know, right. position up right. the up right. the ladder. Right. And get them, you know, a, a, a partnership mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. or get their name in the door at, at another company, right. et cetera. Right. Do you think there's any benefits? I do. I definitely do. I do, too. <laughs> yeah, and like this is gonna sound almost selfish, but at the end of the day, I think it's the most selfless thing that you could do as a partner because one, you are taking like it's selfish in the way that you are taking time for yourself for your career, but it's also selfless in the fact that you are allowing the same for your partner. 
And I think there's such beauty and strength in that alone because not many people do that because how many toxic relationships have we seen, whether it's our friends, whether, you know, whoever that might be that I'm making you not take that job because I want you to be here or I'm take or I'm not letting you drive to wherever you want to go because I want us to be together. No. That's not how we at least that's not how you and I work. In our case it's like, yeah, when can I come visit? Yeah, you whatever you need to do like go for it. Like we'll figure it out. Like there's so much trust in allowing your partner and yourself to be apart for that long. Like that's not easy. People don't do this usually, and it is tough, but I think there's so much trust involved, and there's so much, like, respect and almost admiration from either side where we both, like, are very much so, like, baby, you do whatever you need to do to, to get you to where you want to be. I will be right here doing my own thing, but I will be right here for you. And I think that's, I think that's where the benefit is, that we both get to pursue what we want to do, without feeling like we are keeping that other person down. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely does, and I and I really like that, and I agree. I think that it's it's uh, I think it's almost a blessing in disguise, especially for this oh yeah part of our lives. Because yeah. if she were to be going to vet school here in Texas. Oh, we would have we would have died. We would have ripped each other's heads off at yeah. this point, I think. Because as as selfish as you want to be for wanting to to do your own thing and go to the library or study alone or all that kind of stuff because you don't want to be bothered. You want to you want to be with your partner. You want to be with your partner and you also have a selfish nature of wanting them to stop doing it so you can be with them. But being in a long-distance relationship nips that in the bud. Mm -hmm. Because there's literally no possible way that it can happen. Right. Because they live states away from you. Right. And so, both in the sense that it allows you to be selfish. And selfless. In pursuing your own future Mm -hmm. and pursuing your own goals. It also allows you to be selfless. And when you are together, way more selfish because you get to be like, hey, I no. came out to you. Right. You better give me the time of day. Yeah, and <laughs> that's what we do. Like That's what we do. We shut off yep. when we're together. Like, if I'm going to visit her in California, or she's coming to visit me here, mm-hmm. you know, we've obviously, we don't fully shut off. We have our things that we need to do, but right. we try to mitigate them at all right. costs. Right. Like, it, 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 it's, com- like, because it, it just wouldn't work out if we were still... Trying to do everything, yeah. Yeah, And we try and find, even if we are having to do more things and that aren't those weekends, yeah. Yeah, that like if I have to study, then I study in the mornings or or we figure out a plan to where we do stuff together. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You go, hey, I have to go to class. Do you want to come with me? Yeah. I go, hey, I have to go work out. Do you want to come with me? Mm -hmm. Um. And so trying to find how to do those things together. Yeah. But also giving your partner the freedom to do those things apart is so important because, and I had this, I had this conversation with, with her about my business with Escalate 
and that I realize that nobody is going to care about my business or, or my goals do. as right. much as I do. Right. There's nobody in the world that's going to care about it more than I do. Right. Much like there's nobody in the world that's going to care more about your future as a vet than you do. I can say I do. You might believe it, but it's not true. Like, let's be honest. Well, thanks, babe. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but it's not because I'm not you. I know. I don't want to be a vet. You haven't been right? wanting to be a vet since you I were six years old. I haven't been wanting to be a vet yeah. since I was six years old. Exactly. But I'm chasing my own dream. Right. And so us being given the space to do that mm -hmm. in these unfortunate circumstances, it has a silver lining. It does. Because at the end of the day, like I said earlier, I think we'd rip each other's heads off. Yeah. If we were in the same household 24-7. And hopefully it won't happen when it does happen. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's my, that's my two cents. Yeah. I, think, I think there is a... I think, yeah, I do think that there's a benefit. And as you said, like, especially, like, the first few years that we're getting, you know, into this career. Like, I think, like, for vet school, absolutely 100% my first two years had to be apart. Because yeah. it was you, we wouldn't have been communicating. We wouldn't have been doing all the things that we have done. We would have been on done. Right. But, like, we really would have. And I think we would have maybe gone complacent and like going through that you know day in day out type deal you worry about you I worry about me without meeting in the middle at any point because we were in the same state and taking that for granted I think I think that's what would have happened I think so too but I think so too and you had to learn how to do that very early on even in your life how to how to be selfish and all that kind of stuff and, and have your shit together because for a lot of people that don't know, and this kind of tie, I'm, I'm using this to tie into the next question. Okay. Is I was like, where are you going? You <laughs> were a very high level gymnast. For those that don't know, <laughs> and this blew my mind, Paulina was like Olympic bound. Like yeah. for real Olympic bound. Yeah. Do you want to explain that a little bit? Sure. Um, so I was in the national team in Mexico. Um, and that's what Pretty actually... Much the sole reason why she came to the States. Yeah, that's what brought us to the U.S., um, to Dallas specifically. And then I kept competing internationally, back and forth, um, between the U.S. and Mexico. <laughs> then all the injuries happened, but my favorite injury of all of them <laughs> was my shoulder. Um, I ended up losing my offer to go to Cornell to do gymnastics and a couple weeks after I had my surgery done uh, for my shoulder I received a letter that I had made the Pan American Games right before the Olympics like there was this was a year out from the Olympics um so I couldn't go and it broke my heart but it's okay, because now I can be a full vet and not yeah. worry about gymnastics. And I always make this joke, and I think she wants to punch me every single time no, that I say No, things it. happen for a reason. But I go, well, babe, if you would have never gone to Cornell and then, you know, graduated probably with an Ivy League education and, and probably going to vet school or maybe the Olympics afterwards, like, never would have met me that's true and then she looks at me with this terrifying <laughs> stare 
and I walk away praying that she frightened praying that she doesn't like kill me in my sleep uh, but anyways uh, no that taught you very early on much like my early athletic career taught me right. how to balance right everything right and we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier but you said that you balance a lot of things using a calendar you're a big mm -hmm. planner mm -hmm. um when it comes to and, and and maybe we've already answered this question but when it comes to trying to balance time for each other mm -hmm. do you have any advice other than just what we already said with um, making sure the making, other person knows yeah, that you're trying to make time yeah i say well our biggest things yeah communicate make time for each other but also always find a way to resolve your issues prior after during it doesn't matter but like if i have an exam the next day i'm not gonna tell you no because i have an exam you know like find a way to have your partner feel like valued at that point like you are making time for them yes but it's not some other thing that you're checking off the list like you want to be there you want to have that conversation you know like you want to be involved in that conversation everything else can you know go away for a second like your mind has to be on that person for however long the conversation is five minutes ten minutes thirty minutes an hour doesn't matter i think that was i mean part of what we had said earlier but i think yeah. that was sort of the main yeah but things. i don't think we we hit directly on that okay is giving undivided attention yeah and yes you can give all of these planning like you can plan everything and you can you can throw, you know, a Google calendar in there and and say, right. like, text them and be like, hey, I'll meet with you at five, blah, blah, blah. But if mm -hmm. you're meeting with them and then you're immediately, your head is still at work or your head is still at, at school or your head is still thinking, oh, my God, I still have all this shit to do tomorrow and you're not actively engaging, mm -hmm. then it's... There's it, no point. There's no point. There's... You might as well have just not called. Right. And that's something we're both still trying to learn. Mm -hmm. And so I, I guess my my side of this is, and like my biggest piece of advice when it's trying to balance all of these things is just be attentive. Yeah. Because you, for us, we don't have a lot of time together day to day. Mm -mm. But when we do, we want to value it. And even if it is five minutes, five that's that's probably the best five minutes that we could have spent. Right. You know? Yeah. And so be attentive throughout the entire thing. I agree. I, I agree. I think that's where we're going to end it. I Yay. think that's perfect. I think we... Oh, there's one more. There's two okay. more. Okay. Rapid fire. Okay. Two Go. questions. Shoot. Who's the better cook? Me. No. Yes. That's me. Okay, fine. I cook every night. That's because he's picky about how he wants things measured, and he also doesn't share the kitchen with me. Oh, yeah. That's, that's another thing is I am notorious... <laughs> For scolding people yeah, that honestly. are in the kitchen with me, i.e., the shrimp incident. Yeah. The shrimp incident the of shrimp 2022. That. Um, which maybe we'll talk about eventually on a one day. And then the second one from our boy Nate. <laughs> a <Shout> man. Out. <laughs> Shout out, Nate. We love Nate. Who wears the pants? I don't know, baby. Who? I plead the fifth. <laughs> And I think we'll end There's it there. your answer, guys. <laughs> there it is. Thank you to everyone that has listened. Thank you, babe, Thank for hopping you. on. 
this was an awesome conversation to have with you. This is fun. Um, it was super fun. I guarantee this is not the last time that she'll be on the podcast. I guarantee that we might have a round table with Ooh. her and a couple other people, maybe Ooh. one day, which would be super fun. That'll be fun. Um, but if you have uh, if you have listened all this way, I really appreciate it. Paulina we really appreciate appreciates you it. Guys. Um, if you like the episode, share it, tell others about it, um, and as always, continue climbing.